Yeah, here. We're fine. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. I'm here with my man, Luke. Hey. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, a uh, beautiful person, one of my favorite people I know. He is the owner, producer, engineer, janitor, a janitor, <laughs> <laughs> chef uh, of uh, Lunaro Studios, uh, located in Lyme, Connecticut. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. It's super great to have you guys here. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is a great spot. It's this is very, dope. very cool to see. Yeah, this is killer. Um, just a background story. Uh, Zach and I know each other because I used to give guitar lessons at a music store called the Music Bureau in Salem, Connecticut. Uh, Zach also gave lessons, but he had a studio that he ran out of the two back rooms of the, uh, the music store. Uh, and we struck up a good friendship, and uh, he was able to make the move that he'd been trying to make for a while. Got himself a nice, uh, nice little studio out here, out in the woods in Lyme, Connecticut, and... Um, yeah, man, it's been a long time. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been too long. Yeah. Our, our concept of time has collectively been very skewed lately. Yeah. I know, yeah. But <laughs> I, I can objectively say it has been too long. Yeah, man. I know. It really has been. Um, so I just, I wanted to talk to you anyway. Just so like when for you, right? When, like what was the deciding factor behind saying like, okay, I'm going to buy this equipment. And I'm going to start recording bands. Was it something just kind of like out of necessity, like your buddies had bands and stuff and you're like, well, hey, I kind of I can kind of like, you know, DIY some stuff for you. And then it evolved from there. Or was it like a conscious sort of a decision to be like, no, this is the career path that I'm trying. Or was it like a mixture of both? Definitely a, a more more of the latter. Um, it's weird looking back. It, it all sort of stemmed from this. Um so going back to like high school, like I started playing music when I was like a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and it, like it just like quick immediately like consumed my life completely. And I was like, all right, well, this is it, fam. Um, but, you know, it was like playing guitar, singing, writing songs, playing in bands. I <coughs> ended up going to college at Full Sail University in Wake oh, Park, yep. Florida yep, for yep. a brief stint, um, ended up dropping out and that whole experience was very uh, shaping because uh, I came back to, to Connecticut feeling all sorts of very not nice things about myself and <laughs> yeah, wanting to make up for that in whatever way that meant to me. And to me, that was sort of um, all hands on deck. Like I, even though like I dropped out of the recording <laughs> program, I didn't take that as like, I knew that wasn't stemming from a place of like, I don't like this. Like I'm not meant for this. It was just my personal experience there. And at that time in my life kind of like brought things crashing down. And when I had that hard reset, I was like, okay, the, this is still, I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to do it huge. And I don't know if it, I know part of it was like my pride. Like I'm not going to like let this get the best of me kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I knew I loved it, and my desire to engage in the studio world came from having recording experience of, of my own, working at like studios in London and you know whatnot. That I felt like I wasn't, 
I just wasn't like appreciated as like an artist there. I mm. didn't feel like I was sitting in with a fellow artist, even though I, I was. And it was just like, ah, this person isn't invested in me or the work I'm doing. I, I'm, you know, a very, very coffee shop businessy. Yeah. Just like in and out. Thank you for your patronage type deal. And yeah. no, no personal investment. And I was like, all right. Uh, so that catapulted me into wanting to work on my own material instead of having someone else do it, mm-hmm. which every musician, especially in this day and age where it's possible to record yourself fairly easily, you know, you've, you've had those thoughts like, all right, let me, let me just take creative control of this. But when I did, um, I don't know, I got involved with my good friend, Alex Duxbury, who, um, had actually, uh, he's from here in Hadline and we were acquaintances all mm. throughout high school. Um, and so it happened. We were both at full sale at the same time, although he was a year ahead of me. And it was a two-year bachelor program. Mm. So he was at the very end of his stint. He was in his last month, and he needed a place to stay. So he hit me up and was like, hey, man, um, I, uh, I, I need a couch to crash on. Uh, I got one month left. So we did, and we really just hit it off. It was a blur of, like, way too much caffeine, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he had a Schecter that he couldn't keep in tune, and I was addicted to Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> what a time. So, um, trust and me, I'm going somewhere with this. This is in Florida, you're saying, right? <laughs> this is in Florida, yep. yeah. Uh, oh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a whole separate podcast on Florida. <laughs> um, so we... we established like a friendship and we went our separate ways he went to the berkshires and interned at uh pilot studios uh run by will schillinger uh who had worked at abbey road and uh you know he was doing that thing there and i ended up coming back to connecticut sometime after and as it as the fates decided he and i both landed back in connecticut at the same time Mm. and i was working at a factory in uh warwick rhode island doing like PVC assembly line stuff and I hit up Matt Bureau oh, uh, yeah, yep. just because I took guitar lessons from him when I was 14 and uh, looking to establish something and as you know the story uh, he had some back rooms piled to the ceiling with junk and I was like hmm uh, hey Matt you uh, what do you think of having like a recording studio and he was like <laughs> that sounds like something I've wanted and I was like say less <laughs> yeah right um, so that got going and thus began the like phase of establishing kind of what it meant to me and like why I was doing it um, once I got in there you know Alex and I were working on the space and the small back rooms that they were but like it was our like crowning glory like oh my god we like Right, right. Made this like facility. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, we got rolling with just a couple people. Um, Some good friends. Um, My, our buddies, Eric and Andrew, in a band called Off the Trolley, that we did a 10 song LP uh, called I'm Not Losing My Mind. And, you know, through that process, it was like just trial by fire. Like, Alex and I had both done degrees of recording, him much more than me. But like never doing a project from top to bottom with real clients and like trying to like deliver a product. It was always like school project, mock artists, right, kind of right. whatever, group project, like you got ten people working on a single. Uh so that was cool. Like we got to do that and then it you know, we 
through the internet. Ah, the internet. <laughs> um, we just established like connections with a couple people who we found like their SoundClouds and whatnot. We're like, yo, like we got a studio come through, bro. Yeah, right. And so we started individually, like we worked on that band project together, which took so long in hindsight, but it was a, a wonderful experience. Um, but through doing that and then each taking on like our own clients to like small degrees, I realized that I loved engaging in other people's art just as much as I enjoy like working on my own stuff, but just in a different way. Right. You know? Cause you're right. seeing it from, uh, just more objectively. Like I find that no matter how far along I get with this and how I'm able to like tear things apart and like kind of guide someone to a final product that's like in their head that they don't even like know exactly what that is. Mm. Uh, I struggled to do that so much with my own shit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, with my own EP that I'm, I like want to put out this year. Uh, it's like, all right, I, I need heads to bounce this off of. I need ears. I right, structure right. wise. Is this too short? Is this too long? Does this need to like a reprise of this verse? Is it okay if it ends this way? <laughs> but it's funny how you can do that for other people, but to do it to your, for yourself, that's like a hurdle for you. You I, know? Yeah, it is it's interesting. It's crazy, but yeah. it, it's nice to like, to be able to play both, both fields, but like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's so I, I kind of had some questions from like your story. Were you when you were down in Florida, like going to school? Did you find that like it was um, like recording had become kind of like more of like an analytical thing to where it kind of lost that human element that you were that you were kind of just describing that you really enjoyed. Like you enjoy, like you were kind of saying, like um, that you can pick apart and like help an artist develop what they're working on and kind of get you know um your fulfillment there. Did you find in school that they were kind of trying maybe taking that element out of it a little bit and being like, this is the perfect way to record a kick drum. If you record it, you know, this is the eighteen ways you do it, and then it's the only way you do it, and then that's it. It was that kind of the vibe going on. Very much in general, you know, case by case, a little bit different, but. Overall, very clinical. Um, I mean, you know, the process of, of like recording from a technical standpoint, like my technique and, and music theory are things that are more uh, tangible, whereas, mm. um, or, or how to wrap a cable properly, or right, right, right. this is what uh, the frequency chart of this looks like. These are polar patterns, um, yada, yada, yada. Uh, sample rate, bit depth, dither. Um, um but you know not once was it ever really touched upon uh there just was i I don't want to say it wasn't touched upon Mm. there wasn't the opportunity really for it to like be honed in on of like you're working with people making music like even if you're in some 10 million dollar facility um you know cutting for this track that like you had all these brilliant session musicians on um how do you interact with them? How do you establish a, mm. I mean, obviously given time you establish rapport with anyone. Right. Um, but what about the dance of you have someone new coming through the door who is like from States away and is only here for this. And you're meeting on the same day that you are trying to intimately create something together. And it's like, right. Right. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you, how do, especially for someone like, like for myself, I, am but definitely at the time was very like untrained and very introverted 
and I love people, but it, I'm just a slow burn kind of guy with just about everything in my life. So, you know, uh, I listen more than I speak as much as I can just to like, yeah, <laughs> let me feel this out. Let me like, let you tell me your life story and I'll like very slowly like, yeah. open up. But, um, you know, uh, that there just wasn't the opportunity cause you only get that, uh, outside the school environment. You get that by like, Hey, this is my space. Uh, let me do something for you. Cause I feel like I can add value to this process that you've got. Mm. I like, um, these ideas or like the tracks that you already have out, like let's, let's see if we can build something together. Yeah. And yeah, in school it just felt super clinical. And the other side of that coin was the technical aspect. I mean, there were people coming from all walks of life. There right. were people more than twice my age there who were like, I've dreamed of this. Like, I can't believe I can go to school for this. I'm going to do that and this now. Uh, and there were people, uh, you know, my age at the time, like 18, like already been like fucking around on fruity loops and like right, bought right. a shitty mic and was just like i get the idea i just want to like i want to do this for real right right um and so uh, a shared opinion of a lot of people was like especially in those like first months even though it was like at this hyper accelerated program like we, we were seven months in and we got like so little time like behind a recording console i remember it was four months before i got to sit down at like uh, like a small format audience desk and like start to get a feel for that because that was outside of like my realm of possibility outside of school. Cause right. I, I just didn't have access to those tools. Still don't. Um, so can, can I kind of ask you like a question leading off of that? So mm-hmm. we have kind of like the school cause like, honestly, like um recording kind of like fascinates me. Nothing about <laughs> doing it fascinates me. The process kind of fascinates me like more you know more or less because like you see like you know we have like the school model now where people go to school but back in the day it might have maybe been more of like an intern thing where you started like setting up mics where somebody was like this is how you set up that mic Mm -hmm. in the studio do you think like that would have been more of like a thing to kind of um do you think that would have been more helpful maybe in your case like i mean i know that you kind of were saying that you built your own studio and after that and kind of went from it from there but um say you had um uh an older dude who was like hey i'm at the studio or a woman you know it doesn't matter but um was like hey uh i'm recording this band you can come um you know and intern at the studio do you think that would have been the more like way you would have kind of jived with it because personally i i think that's where i would jive because i would learn I'm I'm that kind of guy that uh, doesn't do well in the classroom, but does well um, if you showed me like this is how you help this band, this is how you put the mic here, because this is this kind percent. of band. Yeah. Oh yeah, spot on. Yeah. Um. Because the the big one I've been thinking about lately is um I mean I don't know if you like listen to the Stooges, but they just like released like the 15 disc box set of Funhouse or whatever, um and a band like the Stooges right is when you they're like an anti-recording studio band right but their producer when he brought them in there was like you're just gonna play live because that's what you sound like you know right. what i mean and that's the sound you're going for so they pushed them in the that the kind of anti uh fidelity direction where they were just like right. we're gonna try to get you to sound the best you can in because that's who you are as people like you're not gonna we're not gonna reconstruct this from record the drums first then we're gonna it's not gonna be like right, that right, right right so like i think like that kind of the the 
the style of like thinking about it like that or of more like these are people and like uh you know when you're learning this is how you interact with them like you were saying it would have been more helpful to be like how do you deal with like somebody like iggy pop because artists are uh es- like you know eccentric and out there and have personalities and, oh yeah yes you know, they do <laughs> i mean me and mike playing in rock and roll bands i mean you always have that guy that's like well this guy's always like this and you're kind of dealing with personalities and and, and that kind of thing it starts to make you ask like okay what what guy am i like you're right <laughs> yeah, you're right you're because right. <laughs> I, I definitely have a character yeah yeah, I mean, because even I, I see like um like cases like um I who's that producer uh, Jimmy Iovine back in the day I, he like started uh, engineering on uh, John Lennon albums, you know uh, Spectre Session and he would kind of just work his way in and figure it out and be and I think he was successful because he did did learn how to talk to his artists his Tom Petty's his Patty Smiths his you know uh, yeah, I mean, and is John Lennon's at some point it's like that that kind of became. Uh, the currency was people so like oh, absolutely I'm, like, yeah like because you know we can all talk about like a uh, reverb uh selection all day but like do you find that that's the more interesting part for you is the people or is it like a little of both more kind of it's a hundred percent both um but you know i outside of it like personally for me it's nice because i um i never had a problem like getting along with people like just you know mm-hmm. be, yeah. be kind and people generally like reciprocate your energy but you know i feel like i always was disconnected from people and mm. through the process of making music like if you if it clicks and you know both parties enjoy the company and the work that's being done you know you you establish a um this like odd um like at baseline you establish this odd intimate relationship that also like like we we don't have to be besties and go to the beach together right right, uh, right. to like be extremely close to one another because we have that connection of music right we we collectively make something that we're both very proud of and really excited about and then every time we see each other it's like oh hey old friend but like i can say that without ever having like existed outside the studio with said person Right for, for years. Right, right. Which I think about it. I take myself out of the scenario, and it's it like blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, whereas you know, I I've also met some people who, um, I mean, everyone I have in my life basically is through music, and you know, the people who I would call my closest friends are also people who I do work with. But you know, you did work, and then it just so happened that like it branched out from there into like. The real world will say. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I think the music anyway is such a... It's because, I mean, it, it can be just kind of like a broad thing. But, I mean, just in playing music myself, and I, obviously you guys probably agree with it, it's that it's a very intimate thing, right? It's your artistic expression. It's basically like, especially when you're creating music, I find that you kind of like open your vulnerability door and to... to to be in a safe space with somebody who can be like very receptive of that and like hear you out i mean it's like we've talked about it before where um josh hom from uh queens of the stone age was on joe rogan and he's just like when whenever i'm in the studio i'm paraphrasing here whatever but he's like when i'm in the studio and like one of my band members is like hey i have this idea and i see that they have an idea like 
what a gift you can give that person to just be like, all right, let's see your idea through. Like, let's oh, do it, oh, man. man. Like, let's work, you know, and, and, and not be selfish in a way of being like, well, I don't really think you should do it. Just like, just see them out. Just yeah. see them out. Like, and, and, and to be, be supportive. Yeah. And like, to be yeah. comfortable where like, uh, you know, there's people who I work with where there's, there's a wall up uh, where it's like, I love the final product that we arrive at. We work really hard yeah. and like, we have good times, but there's also, I recognize, um, you know, a relationship where like I find myself restraining to like give my completely like transparent thoughts on something versus yeah. some where like I can throw out some something completely like so sloppy uh, like I'll, I'll put together like a beat idea yeah uh, and I'm like all right <clears throat> I this is not fleshed out this is not like a, a product that I would pitch to like an artist um, but I like kind of slide in the DMs with someone I'm like hey buddy like, <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. like this idea and they're like They'll send me back, uh, like a reference track of like a song they wrote to it, and I'll be like, "Oh, sweet! Like, let's develop yeah. this." And I didn't have to like think about like the producer business guy like aspect. Like, I formulated this like fantastic beat, and it's like ready for you to like toss some vocals on. We'll mix it, and it's out the door. It's yeah. much messier than that, and it's. Uh, it's it's a very it's the most i feel like the most rock and roll garage band uh vibe that like you can get in the hip-hop world yeah oh yeah because uh, it you know it's it's as raw I'm, I'm the singer songwriter type i've always been the guy with the guitar like singing songs and uh i found myself doing so much alternative hip-hop uh alter alt pop r&b stuff which is very close to my heart but it's also a little it can feel far away from my like singer songwriter roots yeah um but all of that helps bring it back and like helps me establish my helps you texture what other people wouldn't associate with it because you already have that like i know that this is gonna work in here where somebody that's just into like hip-hop kind of thing wouldn't maybe pull from the singer songwriter and and vice versa because i find myself like i'll always kind of go back to like that uh that foundation uh, more or less and then i'll have someone who is like they grew up with trap music they like they have always lived in a different world musically and uh their foundation is different so like what they passively will go back to and draw upon mm. uh, by default is different than me and like i'll go to like show them something and they'll be like oh that's cool but like nudge 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 and all of a sudden it's got something with a with that's extra spicy and i'm like wow that's that's awesome so it's cool because other people do that for me like um you know i the artist is like a a producer whether they know it or not whether they're like all right you're the producer i'm the artist like that's the dynamic (laughs) right right if we're like constructing anything and we're doing anything outside the realm of just purely recording editing mixing there's always that dynamic so it's it's cool because it i don't know it helps you develop and yeah um that's why i would never ever you know i mean this is this is my business and it's how i i pay bills but it's like if i had all the money in the world although i would like probably put some more time aside to like work on my own material (laughs) yeah right i would never stop producing for other people and then if i like 
couldn't take the people I was working with anymore. I'm like, all right, I, I need a break. Like, right. Let's see other people for a little while. <laughs> yeah. It's not you. Uh, it's me. <laughs> uh, I would, I would go and invest in other artists and I would never stop doing this yeah. and helping develop other people. Cause yeah, it's, yeah. it's just such a different, different vibe. And it's so cool. Like other, yeah. other people, like, you know, the, the, other people's flames like light the candle. It's like to be yeah, shared get, that whole analogy. You get inspired by them, and they get inspired by you, and it, it it works for both people. You're both getting something out of it. Not to mention when we talk about you know uh, the business being people, humans. Uh, obviously, like social interaction is the entire name of the game. Yeah. Um, and so I've always taken great joy in like <laughs> being the guy who's like scheming because I'm. <laughs> I'm working with so many different people from wherever and it is so cool to just kind of like play the chess master sometimes. Yeah. Be like, uh, my, um, my co-operator here, uh, Justin Bellucci, he currently plays in this band called mama's boy, which were on the, 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 um, the latter portion of putting together this record for them. But prior he was in a band called honey hill who I mm-hmm. went to New York to record. And at that time, this is what, 2017? Top of 2017. Um, I was recording them. I had gone to the city for this crazy, like 40 hour weekend. And we just absolutely, hammered it out. Absolutely hammered it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was definitely one of those moments where I was like, all right, well, this is my limit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is it. Um, <laughs> But at that time, I was working on uh, a song with an artist who I work with uh, who goes by the name of Mac Harrison, um, and it was for this song called Afterthought. And Helena, um, the the female vocalist in uh, Honey Hill, was featured on that track because mm. I was working with them and two artists who, like, westerly Rhode Island artists, hip-hop artists meets uh, Brooklyn, New York folk band artists, let's see like what i can do to like put these two people yeah you're like i, yeah. I you're like i could see this working and then you kind of like for whatever reason you should you should hear the song what do you think about maybe you know doing this? Yeah. long story short you know helena ended up being on that track and it was super special um i just remember being in the studio in brooklyn with justin and the gang and like playing them like the rough mix that i got because we had recorded helena's parts at uh the bureau oh, okay um a, a few weeks prior maybe and yeah it was just super cool it's like oh my gosh and oh not to mention um they hadn't met unfortunately they didn't get the chance to meet in person Mm. um harry actually just came to meet justin a few weeks ago so it took took three (laughs) years for him to meet uh the boyfriend of the girl who was on his track and he still hasn't met helena so it's just like, yeah. wow. But like they are in each other's stratospheres. They're aware of each other's music. Right. Like there is a connection there. Um, and then there's obviously like person to person. One experience that comes to mind always is um, this was at the top of 2019. One artist I work with, uh, Massive Man, he had linked up online like reached out to this artist Massetti um and you know because on their Spotify analytics you, know, you go see like 
fans also listened to, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And they were in each other's algorithm. So Massive Man reached out to Massetti and was like, hey, um, I enjoy your music. And it seems like a lot of listeners like are shared between us. I feel like it would be cool to see what happens and people might enjoy us like doing a collab. Mm-hmm. A good lead. Um, and I think uh, it didn't like turn into anything really i think massetti wasn't like looking to do just, he was just like focused on his own stuff and in his own lane um so nothing really happened come to find out i'm gonna jump back now so in 2016 massive man and i did this track uh with a an artist in california mm-hmm. and um you know it wasn't the the most pleasant experience that we've ever had um Years go by, right? Uh, come to find out, um, Massetti was that guy's roommate in L.A. at that time. Oh, no way. And there was what? just... <laughs> yeah, like, it's so close. It's like... I, <laughs> how could that possibly happen? Right, right. Um, and we only found this out after we met him. But he had reached out because I guess he, you know, he kind of changed his mind. He's like, oh, you know what? I've been doing my own thing. Like, let me work with someone new. Um and so he, and he saw, he's like, you record in Salem, Connecticut? He's like, bro, I live an hour away from there. Uh, you know, he lives right on the border of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes to the studio. We meet. Uh, and we make a fire-ass track <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> night. And it was just, like, crazy. And yeah. uh, I don't know. And we instantly hit it off. I remember him walking out the door that night. And like, I like turned to to Nico, massive man, and I was like, "Bruh, <laughs> he's he's so cool!" <laughs> like, like forget the track alone. Like he was just cool. Yeah. And uh, like yeah, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Let's and let's add lunch in. <laughs> right, uh, right. Um, you know, so it that happens, and I I just there's no other scenario where I would ever see myself like socializing to that degree because i'm always the guy who uh i go to a house show like i'll be playing in a house show and i will every second that we're not playing i'm like hidden away in the corner like wishing i wasn't there yeah and that's that's just me always (laughs) yeah i i I feel that Uh, i feel that every time like we were playing a house show or something i'd be like all right, I'm just going to stand outside and like smoke cigarettes, even though I don't want to smoke cigarettes. It's just that it's the only place where you're away from everybody and right. it's quiet for a minute. <laughs> or and... it's like, yeah, you get there and you're just like, all right, so uh, we're going to play. All right, what time do you think we're heading out, man? Like, what time do yeah. you think we're going <laughs> you know, we just We literally are sitting in the car. We haven't even arrived really yet. And you're already thinking about what time we're leaving. Yeah. You know, and it's like, all right, well, we need an escape plan, all right? So yeah, let's yeah, like yeah. figure, okay, we're going to do this thing and then like we'll pack it up and it's like, all right, man, thanks for having us, guys. Oh, yeah, Who's going to fake? Uh, dr- uh, pu- drunk puking. Today. Yeah, right, right, right. Or somebody has something else they got to do. Oh, okay, all right. You know, you figure someone else out, and you're just like, oh, all right. Well, that'll be my that'll be my way out. So and so's got to get to. You know, he's got to give his mom a ride somewhere or something. Sorry, <laughs> man, we gotta get going. <laughs> you know? The other good move is like park park on the road. And it's like, don't you want to back up near the garage? No, no, no. no. no we're gonna, no, park, no, no. We're gonna <laughs> park on the road. Easy out, man. Uh-huh. Easy out. Hard in. Easy out, though. Yeah. You can't get blocked in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
No, it's funny though, because I, you know, it's like I think that um, I think a lot of musicians are like that. I think I, that I think that's a lot of the problem with like playing and I, I find with people playing in bands is like it's almost like uh, we we do we play music so we don't have to almost talk to each other. But then you know what I'm saying? It yeah. kind of gets to that point where it's like. Um, you forget to communicate at all and then that's well, why it's, it's hard to be that's why it's hard to be in bands it's hard because a, a i i think we all know that music communicates in a way and communicates something specifically that is nearly impossible to communicate like yeah like shit. words just don't right, right. words just don't cut like there's something about music that will hit you and you you'll know it's the truth or whatever, and it hits you right in the spot where like you you try to like think about just like there's no words I could I could just say to somebody right. to convey what that what music does to me when it hits it. You know what right. I mean? And then yeah. top it off with like you know I some friends like my buddy Andrew, uh, <laughs> that man is just he just knows how to socialize. He can talk to people. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, me and my buddy will tr- be trying to like head out of the venue and it's three hours after everyone else has left and he's still chatting up like the last remaining people. That's this guy right here. <laughs> it's, a, the, it's, it's a the gift. gift of gab. <laughs> it's amazing. And, yeah. and I'm the opposite. You know, I, I want to have like, if I go out for an evening and I have one, what I feel like is a, a very like transparent and genuine positive encounter. I will like my 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 tank will be full. Like my belly will be full. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Thank yeah. you for that delicious meal. Uh, <laughs> that conversation was great. I'd like to know you better. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. You, you punch the card. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I got yeah. my check, coffee for check, the day. Check, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you know, so even with all kinds of different people and like their levels of like uh, uh, training and etiquette and social interaction and desire to like do so. Uh, there is also that thing like music just speaks in ways that words can't. And yeah. I feel like once you experience that, uh, I don't know. It's like you don't, it's like you get flame and yawn and then like, it's like the best form of conversation and yeah. it tastes so good. And then like everything else yeah. after that, you, once you've experienced it, you know, it's not on par. It, like don't, don't put like, uh, a McGriddle on my plate after I just finished eating that. And then, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> I'm poking yeah. it with the fork. Like, why did you bring this out? Right, right. <laughs> right. And I, I think that's like, uh, you know, it's that's hard for like a lot of musicians to even like articulate like why they're, why they do it, why we, even, we don't, we don't talk about that. We no, never like, talk no, about that. Nobody's really talking about why that song makes them feel the way it does. You know what I mean? But that's like so interesting. You're like, why does that like make me want to like, scream or like you know or like yeah. you know yeah. get angry or whatever why is that song to get me angry like that's crazy like how is that yeah. doing that it's insane you know and once you have that pure 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 like good form of it i think it's just like and that's i think what's why too i think maybe like you probably have a why that like connection to help an artist make what they're trying to make is because you're like uh, like let's type up it's almost like typing up a really good paragraph like a song's like a good paragraph and you're like hey man like you could you that if you use this word instead of that word i think it would convey what you're trying to say a little and even that right. you could literally say that to someone writing a song but you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what i mean it's like well and it's it's interesting to see also like uh because that that makes me think of the old school like archetype of a recording engineer like if you go back to the 60s 70s 80s 90s um the dynamic of 
everyone in a room during the process of like making a song, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one thing comes to mind that I heard, uh, and I think it was during Pink Floyd's recording of The Wall, and everyone in that room, all the artists, all the like engineers were absolutely like just blatantly like like what do we do we're stumped on where to take this what to do with it why isn't it clicking at that point like i in this day and age and in an environment that i feel like all of us are used to um we would then take that as like if you're sitting there in the corner of the room like twiddling your thumbs and like just mouth zip because you want to be on fly on the wall or that's your job you're the intern you don't speak unless spoken to or don't don't speak just do what I say right when I say it this room of people is absolutely stumped and you have an idea that you feel like can break this terrible tension and help like catapult back into like a new wave of uh of productivity in the session you would would you hesitate to speak up I would just fucking say I'd say (laughs) yeah right absolutely like you know read the room but like if everyone's at a stopping point like hey what about this and it, I mean, if it flops, it flops. But like you, you helped. At least you tried, um, right, right? But that intern got fired on the spot from like saying something, right? Because hmm. he was the intern, and it's like, how much of an ego do you have to have, like, right? What What if that intern has the million dollar idea, right? And like, oh my gosh, that's just not something that we see anymore. And the, thankfully, the, though, I think thankfully, you yeah. Know? I think the other end of that too is, I mean, even if like we're talking Pink Floyd. <laughs> Like that album is the the one that d- does them in because that human thing where you're you're building it together with the people around you, even if you're not in the band, you're the the intern. Is that album tore that band apart? And because recording it and the this and the that and it's drama and it's like it's that thing of like knowing too of like um I think it's important for artists like especially nowadays too and maybe like some of the older legacy artists. It's like um. A lot of times people don't tell them no or just like, well, whatever you want to do, man. And right, like right. kind of do yeah. that. And I I can't tell you how many like mediocre uh, – and I hear them. Even from modern bands, after you like you kind of get your footing in, they'll kind of make like that record. And uh, it's just like um, you're, you're like someone wanted you to make this record like this. It's like you – like from, from listening to like the progression, you're like who – wanted you to make this record did you want it to sound like this because and then afterwards you'll kind of hear the story like well we got signed to this label and uh they, and then you find submissively like just caving into that yeah this yeah. this band i listened to uh jeff the brotherhood like uh they got signed to uh warner brothers i think like 2013 something like that around that like uh you know 2010s and uh they're listening to the record their record from warner brothers it played like a like a guy in the studio being like you should do this because there's a feature they never have features but now there's a feature with an artist also on warner brothers there's like uh you know the short produced you you could tell what it was you Mm -hmm. know and like it slid down like the songs got worse as the album played Mm -hmm. kind of deal and and at, you know, and then afterwards you hear it, it comes out, and they're like, "Oh, we we had a horrible experience with the you know the people kind of you know didn't made it not what it was, not what it was supposed to be, not shocker, who, right. right? Yeah, I knew to speak to that. I remember around that time I went to uh, Walgreens, and I was in Walgreens, and Jeff the Brotherhood was playing, and I, that in that moment I knew I was like, oh, they're they're done, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. over because I'm I'm hearing this band in Walgreens that was kind of like. 
a DIY, like really rough, semi-lo-fi style records coming out of like Nashville. They're just these two brothers. One plays guitar and sings. The other one plays drums. That's it, you know? And then to hear them kind of build, build, build to that album. And it's on Warner Brothers, so it's like a major release. It's this whole big thing. And you're like, oh, man, like they finally did it. And then come the, lo and behold, you know, the album that like did it is the one that does them in in a way because the the other albums that would that would follow there's an album zone and then another album uh magic songs a better produced better produced better produced but they just don't there's there's i don't know it feel they feel a little stale i mean i really liked zone and i re- I, I love the next two albums or it was three albums right it was the yeah the but but the, the thing is you could tell you're like oh this sounds effortless where the other one kind of sounded like teeth pulling you know what i mean yeah like the just... other kind of like producer i kind of look at uh, like uh or like even like um like the stones albums from the past like 20 years like from the mid 90s and like bigger uh the last i think it's called bigger bang they just sound like like what like you know what i mean who's that don was produced those records uh, yeah don. Uh, yeah i think it was don and was. like he's a great producer cool but like at the same point you're almost like man like can't you just like set up a microphone and like like have it just be like you know what i mean like there's almost like too much of like yeah. well well mick ja- we can't say no to mick jagger and we can't say no to keep oh, you know yeah. what i mean oh, it's like that, that that idea with artists is like i kind of i kind of see that a lot of like like why didn't anybody say no? Like why I've dealt we, with that so much. Why it's, are we doing yeah. this? It's blown my mind. Like we've done, um, you know, we've I've worked like let's say like the home base of like artists who I've been working with for years, uh, and like I continue to work with, like or have moved on to being like their exclusive producer. Like not only am I their engineer, but I like also make all of their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or then like help write, um, and project myself like just working with them to the end of time. Um, we've done stuff with other artists and like we're talking about people who like let's let's forget like Spotify streams and and like YouTube subscribers and whatnot because people will always look at that and they'll be like all right well I I have uh you have 50,000 likes on your Facebook page I have half a million Mm -hmm. so obviously I'm the big dog here so like yeah they (laughs) they established that like, so when we're in the booth making something, what I say obviously is right. It's like, no, maybe, maybe, maybe you've, you've got it like for whatever, like that. I don't know. That's like saying uh, that goes back to the, the intern thing. Like yeah. let's take someone who's like a multi Grammy winning engineer in this amazing studio and the intern, you're taking a famous band intern still might have he might have no um perspective really relatively speaking he might not have the experience uh he might be less formally trained but like he can still have the golden idea so that's right. like you get people into a room like you got you just got to forget like that this person is so and so or has yeah. done so and such and such because i don't care if you've had a song that like had seven million plays uh because that doesn't mean that you're better than everyone else in the room right right Right, and yeah. I think I think a fresh pair of ears and eyes sometimes is the lifesaver. All day, you know what I'm saying? It's like, have we learned nothing? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> the beginner's luck idea, where it's just kind of like, you know, somebody who doesn't have. It's the same way that sometimes I find that, like, okay, I've been I've been playing guitar 
how many years, whatever, right? But the thing is, is that after so long of playing guitar, you're in your own head. You're like, why can't I do this it's, differently? It's analytical. And then yeah. you see another person who just happens to pick up a guitar and they've been playing it for six months. And next thing you know, they write like 12 songs and everyone's just like, oh, this is oh my fucking God, killer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's so that's what I, that's that whole thing, right? That's like just because someone's inexperienced doesn't mean that they can't be inspired. Doesn't mean that they no, can't have anything. any sort of, you know what I mean? Like they, they can't make a contribution. So We're, we're always afraid the, the further along we get, like from a technical stance like you know it's you're more afraid to be uh adventurous like take take a baker right too if you like run a bake shop uh and you've i mean you're selling stuff like hotcakes or you're literally selling hotcakes <laughs> <laughs> um you know so it slaps people love it people love what i'm doing here like yeah it's popping how adventurous do you want to get with your menu at that point right you know, and it's right. That's the other side of that, right? Is this like, well, it's working, but like, what if we kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, so, it, but it's the you other. gotta trust each other. That's that's the biggest yes. thing. Like, it's musical trust, and I think that the producer, engineer, what have you, end up becoming honorary members of the band. You know what Always. I mean? In that yes. way, where it's like, okay, these this is the. the these are the four artists that have come together because they want to make this thing happen, and the producer's role the engineer's role is basically being like all right how do we put these pieces together to get the best product so you wrangle it up and you organize it and you you shine it up and you make it look all pretty you know so it's very much it's all trust honorary member of the band and you know obviously that extends beyond uh the the band because if i'm working with solo r&b or hip-hop artists sure right uh, right you know it's we're in a two-man band so to speak yeah and it's yeah when it comes to any any impasse where they're like the chord should move like this here or like I love that progression but like let's use this sound or what if we like deconstructed this bridge to be a breakdown instead of this like vamp yeah. um, any thought that either of us puts out into this uh, this giant like canvas room where we're spewing paint everywhere you know it's being an honorary member rather than this like artisan client dynamic because mm, it's like right. I know it, this goes both ways, but it's like, I trust you when I put this thought into the world. Like I, I flick this paintbrush at the wall and that happens. Like, I don't expect you to like, um, appease me and be like, that's fire. Just right. Because I did something and you feel like you're obligated to say so. I also expect you to, um, to like hear what I said and just, it's it's like when you slap it on the on the canvas, you don't have to like the painting, but you still have to call it a painting. Right, right. And like you, you still have to agree that it was a night. It's something to do. Right, and right? we're and we're gonna bounce off of this. Now you throw some at the wall. Right, like, we're just gonna trust each other yeah. to just go, 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 and we'll we'll see how this room turns out. You know? Yeah, it's a collective. So yeah. I was kind of I'm all right. So I always kind of have been wanting to ask like people this question. I've been really like thinking about it more and more and more. So on the kind of other end of of recording, um, I find that I like a lot of lo-fi things. Same. Oh, good. Okay, same. so now we're on the same page. So we can kind of like, even if we we agree on this, uh, we can kind of like say why or why we don't. I find it really appropriate that not everything is high, the highest fidelity. I think that sometimes it detracts from what the statement the artist is trying to make. I think that it's distracting uh, depending on what kind of song it is, um, like we, I gave that Stooges example. I, I give that one all the time because it's like the most clear one. It's like you can't take that band in 
and build the tracks up. It's just not going to work. It's not what they're doing. You know what I mean? So you're doing a disservice to the song, right, by recording some it more high fidelity than it should have been, right? Right. So can I ask you just flat out, why do you think like low fidelity is something that like is workable, is is uh, valid? You know what I mean? Because I have friends that just won't even listen. They'll be like, the fidelity, I can't stand the fidelity. And I'm like, what? Like that's Isn't that the thing about the, it? The closest analogy, like the thing that comes to mind is video games. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. I speak for everyone here in this room. I know, like, let's take a look at Sega Genesis, N64. Let's right. go to the, the <clears throat> PS1, PS2, then PS3, and then PS4. We're going on spaceships now. They're <laughs> making spaceships that play games. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> um, and what have we seen, pro- like, progress? Graphics. Mm-hmm. The graphics, yeah. crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and with this like wave of constantly like technology advanced very rapidly in that realm as we grew up and it hit a wall where holy crap it looks so good it's so clean it's so high fidelity i'm bored there's nothing else in this realm to like Mm. it's so clean and like when when there's the right when it's used correctly and there's it's appropriate and there's the time to appreciate it you appreciate it but what we're seeing, like indie gamers, and I mean even big companies, we're going back to style. We're stylizing it. Right, right. right. I mean, it's, it's Minecraft, right? I remember my brother was playing Minecraft, and I'm just like, dude, this is years ago, and you know, when he was a little bit, well, he was like in high school and stuff, so maybe like five, six years ago. But for me, being coming from Nintendo and Sega and all that stuff, you know, and seeing how crazy good the graphics got, to see what was then a younger person playing a game like Minecraft, I'm like, this is like this garbage that was out when I was little. Like, I would expect you to play something that is way more ahead. Right. But he's like, no, this is dope. And oh. like, and then you see it, and you're like, I mean, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's well, fun. And, like, And think about Minecraft. Minecraft wouldn't be Minecraft if it was um, styled differently. Right. You know, that, it's, it's the part of the experience. Really part that's, of it, right. That's a great, and I've never even thought, because I'm not really a big, huge video. I mean, it was when I was younger, but... I, I get that, like, that you're just like, because it is what it is, and I like that for what it is, you right, know? Right, right, uh, yeah, it's And a, so it's with, with records, you know, it's it's all about style. Like, it's great that we can achieve, I mean, you know, I'd say, hey, let's keep striving for a higher fidelity. Let's get better signal-to-noise ratios. Yeah. Let's, let's be able to do this because, uh, you know, whereas we go back 50 years, you know, the drawbacks of, like, recording on a reel-to-reel um like take like tape hiss and how like preamps were a lot noisier they had no choice whereas now you can record something very pristine albeit probably like um stale kind of sounding very surgical uh but like you you can mojo it up after the fact like we have that privilege now yeah um so it's you know i so encourage you know i i run like a a hi-fi i do hip-hop and needs to be polished Right. And, and pop stuff. But like, you know, when I'm working with a, a songwriter, when do you use uh, when do you use a ribbon microphone as the only microphone on the guitar and make it super warm and MIDI? When do you set the pop filter close so that the singer because the singer is going to go wherever the pop filter is. And right. ideally, like this is the distance you want the pop filter because any closer than this, you get more and more proximity effect as you get closer. 
and it's become super boomy. You don't want this in hip hop. You want this in folk. You want that super intimate thing where right. there's not much going on in the mix. Um, uh, or, I mean, hey, like I can set this to Omni and all of a sudden the proximity effect is gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a style choice with something technical. Um, but it's really nice to be able to um, make choices. Yeah. And we have options. Um, I like this is a thousand dollar condenser microphone. It's the most expensive one microphone that I have at this point in time. But like, um, what's to stop me from using a hundred dollar microphone on something? Because sometimes the most expensive microphone isn't it. Like the three mics that we're using right now all like exist in different classes. Right. And that one I easily use as much as this one because it wins the shootout for that artist and that like the song. Right. Right. Well, I think that's, what's nice is that we, you have the advancements. So that way, if you need to rely on them, you can, but if you hear a band come in and you're like, Oh, the, what would really suit you? Yes. Is not the, you know what I mean? Like you can cure, like, cause uh, Kanye West sounds a lot diff- more different than Led Zeppelin. Yep. Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? And there are different tools to achieve different sounds and stuff like that. So you gotta, you know, I think the the fact that the palette is so large now in the studio setting is a great thing. But now the waters that you have to tread is knowing when to make what call right. to to curate like a different a different sound. Right. You know Just I mean? like uh, in the photography videography world, like photography is a hobby of mine. Whereas like my partner Justin is a professional, and I work with so many fantastic photographers and videographers through like music videos and work for my clients but like you know um i i have uh, an entry-level dslr that a, a, a friend and client of mine gave me and i just go i pop that thing on manual and i just go out and shoot and i have fun i've taken some beautiful photos uh and i have my uh canon my 35 millimeter film mm-hmm. camera i love shooting film my my partner's gonna show me how to develop um and you know we're just doing work there, but like, you see, like, we've seen the the VHS aesthetic come back into play, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, why why would an artist who has access to an Ari Alexa want to shoot something on a '90s Sony camcorder? <laughs> Style. Style. Right. Because like, this feels so right. Like I'm gonna have so much. We're gonna have so much fun on this. Right. That's gonna bleed through. Like. Yeah. it's so palpable like and just like a video game you know i don't really i I don't play video games very much now but when i do you can just tell when you're playing through a game the people involved they 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 bled through their eyes to make it but they love that game they love what they did they had so much fun making it whereas like you know some games i don't know like i can't call name i'm not gonna even try to name names because i don't know but um it's just it feels like oh these people are very good at what they do, they made something it brings people joy but it feels very like a little soulless yeah a little soulless little, it's, little... it's like we we've had this discussion German yeah. cars we love the German cars oh we do yes. why because they have soul <laughs> they do even yeah. if they have problems yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're expensive but yeah no I feel I mean like let's be real man like I I drive a, an American made vehicle I but I've, I've also owned a 325i I own like a 97 325i and uh 
it's like you, you when you press your foot to that gas pedal, it pushes back. Mm-hmm. And when you go to turn that steering wheel, there's weight to it. You feel like there's this connection being made, and that's that's the undeniable thing, right? It's yeah. when the when the creator of the product is a passionate one. That's what comes across more than any, and in my opinion, sorry, more than anything else. Yeah, you'll you you'll know? feel that even if it's not like on your mind, you'll just it'll translate to like extra joy on on behalf of the user. And right. They'll absolutely they may not like step back to wonder why that is or where it came from, but yeah, I, I feel like that's that's why because they you you look at cars. The best cars come from people who fucking put their soul into making the car. Right. And, like, you feel that love coming through. Um, Same thing with video games. Same thing with film. Same thing with records. Yeah. You know, uh, when people have fun and can, like, pour themselves into it, like, you know, what comes out isn't for everybody. And that's just a fact. Right. You know, I've. Yeah. And that's okay, too, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay, too. I just think it means, like, uh, in this world where, like, we just have so much media so 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 much media like yeah. we don't need any more media <laughs> right um, right I, i'm of the mindset like hey what what we do put out there let's just make real extra special extra like, good yeah because yeah. i i don't care if um i you know we we all want success it's hard when you're treading that line of like this is my business i want to be able to do it full time i need to consider like how i make dollars doing this yeah but you know, without ever like completely compromising the like your OG mission statement and like what brings you joy in this, because I've worked on so I've I've done so many thousands of songs, um, and only in like six years, uh, and some of them are utter shit. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like on my behalf, maybe the song was good, but or or vice versa. I've done crazy good work for song, a song that to be honest, I'm just like this is a horrible song. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I like it happens, I right? did, I did my thing. It sounds super clean for what it is yeah. and like the client's happy, I got paid, I'm happy. Right? Yeah. Uh someone listened to it and probably enjoyed it. That's cool. I've done I've worked on songs that have millions of streams on every platform. Yeah. And uh, so let me let me bring up the point because this is in regards to like the soul of a project uh you know i massive man for example is one artist who i've worked with so much uh and continue to work with and he has a song called fallen angel with mac harrison yep that was uh, to to this day still is like the biggest song that we've done so far and it came out in like 2018 and you know we that was a song Nico, Harry, and I were all in the studio. Just three of us packed in that little back room with the bureau. <laughs> yeah. All all in the one room, not even like in the booth. And just we wrote that song together. We were just going line for line. And we had the first line. We're like, all right, this is like we know what song we want to make. And yeah. it was uh, just a song about mental illness, like depression in particular taking, you know, taking over and like the alternate voice in your head, like speaking back at you and you speaking to it. Right. Uh, you know, super, super basic uh, relatable thing for a lot of people who struggle with that. And we made that song out of pure love. Like it was near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we hit up our boy, Eric, uh, Eric Durr, AKA Eric D media to film it. Super DIY music shoot. Uh, you know, we went to this abandoned warehouse. 
mm. set up uh, Harry's mom's kitchen table underneath a one sole lamp that was already in the warehouse with all the lights off. Nothing else. And uh, we just, we had at it. It was me, Harry, Nico, Eric, and uh, our friend Edwin, uh, who goes by E. Alvin as an artist. And we were just, we were just all in it. Like I yeah. wasn't getting paid to be there. I'm, I'm not paid to be there at any of the shoots. Uh, Edwin is director material. Uh, but you know, he wasn't taking any money to like be co-directing on the shoot. He was just pouring all kinds of love into it. Cause we right. were all vibing and we, we cared about it. We were all in it and we, with zero budget did <laughs> something that looked and felt very great to all of us. We had so many, uh, we made so many cool calls together. Yeah. Like there's this one point, like Eric didn't have a gimbal. So like I put him in a computer chair and like I ran him around the table in circles for <laughs> like, yeah, I got my exercise in for the day. Um, but just I had so many things like that. And then lo and behold, um, you know, it's, it's not like that was like the recipe for definite success. But I think about that project and the fact that it happened to blow up and like catapult him into a different side of his career mm -hmm. where he's a full-time artist and, like why does that song which like i look back on as an engineer like i don't listen to that and go that's my best mix ever i, I don't think it it might have been one of the my best mixes that year maybe but mm -hmm. it certainly like i've outdone myself on the engineering standpoint yeah but the soul of that project is there the video looks amazing because of right, it right right as simple as it was and the message like collectively like it reached so many people like there's just so i i love that like you recognize like something like that because a lot of people are like well must have been all those fire lyrics i put in or must have been all <laughs> yeah. that like you know but you you're like no 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 it's 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 the people the people that i worked with because we worked together that's why it was so good we like, were all it, engaged it, it's that people like i was just watching a documentary about the band last night and it's like um the, you know, the whole thing throughout, like, the run-through was the sum of the parts are, are you know, the what they have together is so much better than what they have when they're apart, you know? And when that band would uh, start to falter, it was clear because one person wasn't putting in the effort that the other ones were, you know, and it would fall apart that way. But you're like, yeah, be, my the best thing I do was the most successful probably because the people that were in it. And I, I think that's really... I think it's really different than a lot of people's thinking. A lot of people are more kind of... Uh, and it's not and they're like they're intentionally like this. It's just a lot of people are um more self effacing in where they're like they can't even step back and like look at maybe like the other you know what I mean? The, it's well, just the people, they're so um maybe they're so driven at or something like that, you know? Right. Well with, and and uh it's the people, the energy and the intention yeah. as well, because for example, after that track I don't know, it was just weird because like we are we were all operating for years, like come through make a fire track like we we already knew like hey this isn't gonna make money probably but like like let's fucking just do it so everything was super easy going and we were pouring ourselves in but like there was no business mindset other than the like rise and grind like we're gonna make it but that's vague right. that's just vague and like everyone just hyping each other up for you know good purpose that's good energy um what happens when you do a song and it brings in more money than you've ever made in a year right 
oh shit now this is now this is business (laughs) yeah it's a game changer all, all of a sudden now we have to talk about having a contract for features and producer agreements uh because you know like i i don't know in my in my mind like if if it were me and i put out a song that grossed a hundred thousand dollars and there were five people involved on the track i would just including myself if i was if, if i wrote the whole song and like it was my song but like everyone was involved on it and it blew up like that everyone would get twenty thousand dollars including myself like it just it's the musketeer mentality. It's I, all for one, one it, for all. We just, yeah. I, I think history has proven that too with bands. And like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm more from the rock and roll thing. You're kind of like I'm coming at it for like, you know, you make more like our, in that sense, like hip hop records. So mm-hmm. there's more of a different angle going on. But I think bands where one of the, one of the people is writing the songs and then the rest of the guys, you know, are more arrangers kind of deal. Right you have to pay your bands you have to pay your band even if they didn't write the lyrics that you have to pay them because you you just have this this uh, it becomes unleveled and unlevered and then the, the plane's not fair anymore and then right. we start you start you know what i mean it's like you know uh, pay your band yeah. <laughs> like i see it all the time i'm oh, like yeah. Please. we see it so much well like band like a couple of my Pink. buddies bands who book like one of the guys in the band is the booker for the band, mm-hmm. or or maybe they'll all they'll all be like scoping gigs, their their arrangement, and I think it's a good one. Even way split, the person who lands the gig for the band gets an extra ten percent. Cool, fair. That's like a per job like commission. You did your thing for the band, like you deserve that extra pay. But the split amongst everyone for like the rest of the work is even. Right. Always, right, right, right. How can you function otherwise? Yeah, that's how I see it too, because it just becomes so you know un unleveraged and uneven and you don't get that even footing to create great art it's more of like well i'm not going to contribute because john's not paying me yeah you know? or like i know that i'm only getting paid uh 80 as much as you so i'm only going to put, put in 80 percent yeah then, uh, <laughs> no, then it just becomes ugh. well that's yeah. the problem though is yeah egos get involved people get like well i want to get mine I want to get mine, you know, like that. Like, and you will, and you did, like, and, and you I'll will. get mine too. Yeah, like, that's what, what I'm saying. Yeah, like we, yeah, that, but that's what it has to be, though. It has to be that, like, it's us, it's us. Which we're this, we're the nucleus here. Like, let you know what I mean. Like, yeah. we, we all, win. it's that, it's the same idea that would be like, you know, back in the day when you know when you tell your buddies, man, man, if I ever win big, man, I got you, bro. I got you know, like I'll take care well, of you. I'll give it, you that. But that's what it is, isn't it? It's very much just kind of like if you make it, we all make it. Like it's right. isn't it funny how like hip hop kind of took that ethos well, it's, it's and they Biggie. really did. Well, Biggie, you don't, it's Biggie saying Brooklyn, we made it. You know what I mean? When like there's footage, you know, where he says that and he's like on stage and he's looking, you know, he's playing a show in Brooklyn and he says Brooklyn, we made it. Like it's Biggie made it. Yeah, but in his making it, he's like, "Come with me!" Like everyone held hands together, and he's like, "I did this to represent the borough of Brooklyn, New York, and like where this this is us. We are it's all us, you know." So I think that's the that's the way to look at it, in my opinion, anyway. You know, not necessarily everybody, but I, uh, you know, I think we can all agree on that. Where it's very much just kind of like, "Hey, man, like we're all looking out for each other," because this is where we want to be, right? Like no matter what. I'd much rather be doing this than a nine to five doing yeah. something, you know what I've, I mean? Like I've, pumping gas or something. So it's just like, why not? Like, let's all just get in it together. I can't you know? count. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just cannot count the number of small moments where I was like, like we were just midway in a process. Like you have that like little out of body experience. Oh, this is happening. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like that. And <laughs> um, it's like, my God, this is so beautiful. Like, I never want this to stop for all all the shit that it brings and how difficult it can be and how, like, I mean, we all know, like, the, the darker side of being a music- musician and, like, how ridiculous that process can be. But, like, yeah, you have that moment and you're like, oh, man, this is so special. Like, I will not let this get fucked up. Like, yeah. I, because, uh, like, I go back to, like, two years ago when I wasn't making shit. Um, and the energy and the vibe was the same. Like, the music end of it, like, the creative aspect. Nothing has changed for me from those first nights of like opening the studio and like maybe having two clients but like i don't even know what i was working on but i was working endlessly (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i remember man when we were when i was doing lessons and this goes back i I figure what year that was this was i think about like two three years ago at this point but um yeah man i was you were all it was just like work 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 every time i saw you you're like oh i'm doing this thing i'm doing this thing i'm going you know what i mean like you were all you're always like thinking and those dri- those those drives home from like 2013 2014 when i first began like I, I don't know it's this very specific feeling of the ride home at the end of the night where like oh man i better not fall asleep at the wheel i'm so satisfied exhausted full of self-hatred uh can't <laughs> wait for tomorrow um just drive home kind of deals and i i remember i always had the same record on uh on repeat for the first like year um it was nothing nothing was the same by drake because that record from like a production standpoint just took me to like a specific place but um that specific feeling of that like weird so many kinds of emotions exhausted like i still feel that now like going home yeah. at the end of the night and i'm like oh my god and in fact it just becomes more profound because it's like wow this stayed even if like the business has expanded and yeah. like, I'm working with different people, new people, you know, some are the same people. Like it's like, okay, no matter what that like asserts for me, I never want to be like anything different than this. I just want to be more refined, more successful, but like right. it doesn't have to mean different. Like those feelings, like I just never want them to go away. I feel like in that same way, like you have, a guitar that like sits at your bedside you don't play it for a while like when you do pick it up you realize like oh my god like this this needs to stay (laughs) yeah right right right. of course so it's it's just one of those things like how do you how do you integrate yeah and i think i mean we were talking about it on the drive over here that like you know there's a common thing i think just in the west like the United States, the Western mindset, right? Mm. Where what we're ultimately like kind of always seeming to chase is happiness, but we for, for, we forget about fulfillment. And we also forget that feeling fulfilled includes not being happy. Boom. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, man. so what I'm saying is, is that it's like, we're not, it's not, you're not, you got to stop chasing happiness. You got to eat shit for a little while. You have to, and sometimes if you're spoon feeding yourself the shit, because sometimes it's being forced on you, you know, right. and you're like, the life is like feeding you shit. And you're like, ah, no, no, no. Uh, no. You go kicking and screaming. But sometimes you willfully are like, all right, do it to me. Because that's the only, you know what I mean? So that's yep. what we're talking about here. We're talking about fulfillment. We're not talking about happiness. You it's know? like driving home and you said like you're being angry at myself. You're like that kick. 
that kicks garbage or that snare. That snare mm-hmm. sound is garbage. I know it's garbage. That snare is garbage. Yep. It needs yeah. to, <laughs> that snare needs to be this, and I know it needs it to be this. Deep. Yeah, it, it, that's. I mean, but that also is so fulfilling because it, it's giving you that the working on stuff that's bad and good, and it's like objectively too. You can kind of look at it. I mean, I can you could I can metaphor music out from my life in almost every direction, but like that one too, where you're like, I don't really like that part about myself or that snare in the song, and you could I you could kind of look at it the same way objectively. Look, are you do you seem are you telling me that sometimes you are the shitty snare recording? (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. Like in other words, it it, it's a reflection of something you might not like in yourself. Do do you ever feel like a shitty snare? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do, man. Sometimes Sometimes I do. But what do you do, man? You turn, you tune the fucking snare. Yeah, or you you like replace the head. You replace (laughs) the head. You change the mic position. You do. But that's like, is that not just the big metaphor for life, man? Is like it's all trial and error. It's all adjustments. It's all whatever. But like the the uh, the bad parts of it. If depending on how you look at it, if you gear it the right way, it's like, oh, yeah, this sucks, but it's also an opportunity for growth. And I can take it and chew it up and spit out something more refined, better, you know, and you're just constant. And I hate to say it, but it's it's just it's so true is uh, what do we learn from our accomplishments? Nothing. Right. It's always, mm-hmm. always, yeah. Always the struggles and always your failures. <laughs> yeah, man. I was telling Luke, I'm, I'm episode four deep of the Michael Jordan Netflix documentary. <laughs> oh yeah, you dude. I deep. am so charged up. I'm just like, I can do anything I believe in. I'm like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like one of those. But that's the shit, though, right? It's the same thing. Sports could be attributed to it as well, which is basically like. Yeah, man, things aren't going to go your way. Michael Jordan's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. In the first few seasons, he 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 the, he couldn't even get an Eastern Conference championship out of his pocket. Never mind actually winning the finals. So it's like it's the same thing, man. It's the same shit. It's like yeah. you're like you have to. It's like when we're talking about like so Luke and I, you know, like we kind of fall out of like making music together and stuff and. I'd say in terms of a musical collaborator, Luke is probably the only musician that I've like really jived with on that kind of like unspoken sort of level. Uh, and, you know, but it's like it's getting back on the wagon. It's like, all right, man, well, we got to write some songs. All right, well, let's just write some shit songs. Let's write like three or four garbage songs. And then finally the good songs will start like, you know, like weaseling their way out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like it's a muscle, man. You got to flex it. It's the same way. It's this. It's shooting. It's for free throw from the foul line. It's the same thing. It's your... Flex your musical muscles, just and you gotta have be to afraid just... to miss. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, or not afraid to miss. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Um, um, but yeah, you know, it's and that's that's really what it is, man. You gotta you. It's courage is important. You have to have courage. Yeah, and just you know? like uh, you know, I it still happens all the time. You yeah. Know? How many people come in? Um, and they, I mean, literally just the other day, and they're like, "Hey, this is my first experience in a recording studio." Um, like, oh, word, like, this is huge. Um, as much as, like, I also, you know, I, it's this mix. Like, I work with people who've been in it much longer than me, and they're very seasoned. It's The process is very streamlined, and it's awesome that we can make fire stuff to such a degree so what feels, like, effortlessly mm. um, versus someone who is, like, just knew to every aspect of it, the social dynamic of it, the like the hearing their own voice back in headphones as they're performing something and why that disconnect of like, obviously like you're hearing yourself literally back. Um, so you have to get used to that, but also like 
you will perform differently when you are headphones in behind a mic trying to cut something eternal right. versus when you're singing behind a mic at a gig. Like mm-hmm. you, you literally are not the same singer. And that's oh, why yeah. when people get in a booth for the first time, they're so jarred. They're like, oh my God, I'm off. Like, am, am I always this off? Probably not. Probably not. Like you literally are a different singer in this setting than you are in a live setting. And right. you have to adjust. You need to become an amazing singer in this setting because in general you are an amazing singer, but different, different vibe. It's like, oh, you can ride a bike really well. You're a crazy BMXer. It's time to unicycle. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you see that a lot with a lot of bands. Like you see some bands that are great studio bands, but not great live bands. And you see other bands that are amazing live bands that kind of fall short in the studio. I mean, we covered a band, uh, the MC5 uh, from Detroit. Their first album was, uh, what year, 69, 70? Yeah, 69. But it was a live album. Because they knew. They're like, all right, well, where we really shine is live. So let's cut our first album live. But then you hear the two studio albums that would follow, and they kind of fall short. The production's kind of crappy. Things are, like, dry and flat and just kind of see. And the songs themselves weren't, aren't half bad. Production-wise, though, it was just really lacking. You know what I mean? But then, but what's, that's what's crazy is that, and we've talked about it before, was that's why the second album, for me, as a listener, fell so flat was because you hear them live, and you're like, oh, my God. It's just... You know, the guitars sound like revving chainsaws. You know what I mean? And then you hear the next album and it's like, ugh, you know, but that's... You're like, it's flatter than a piece of paper. Yeah, and it just didn't, you know, it didn't deliver. But that's that's the thing, right? Is like everybody, you know, I mean, Tom Petty, for example, is a, is a good example of like a great studio band, right? But then when they play live, they sounded great too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but, it, but, it, but the... At the risk of, I think that when Tom Petty would play live, it sounded like you were listening to the album. Even, but for me, I, I like consistency in that way. But I like, I don't know. I love Cream. I love, I love just the crazy, like crazy uh, live thing. Mm-hmm. The Who stuff like that. That when I see a live band play something that sounds a lot like it's just off of the album. I mean, I'm not. That's I'm not crazy about that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's that's much- my own personal taste, though. That's just my thing, you know. Yeah. But to the point, which is, yeah, like you just have to, you, you have to make those adjustments, right? Like you were saying, like it's like, okay, yeah, you can do the live thing, right? But can you sing in the studio? You know. Right. And uh-huh. it's like if you can't, then work on it. You know, like. Absolutely. Make it better. Yeah. Well, and it's like, okay, well, for for the purpose of, of doing this record the way that I know that you want it and that I want it as a producer, you know, this is not something that we're going to cut live. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so we'll, we'll work on that. And I always just try to reinforce like, hey, like you are learning a different sport if you've never been in here. I It took me so long to realize like, like I, I'm, I'm a half decent singer, but like when I started recording, I just always felt like I was just tough fighting 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 and just yeah. to get at best like something that was mediocre minus <laughs> <laughs> right right and it's like oh my gosh and so yeah going through that myself too i just you have to encourage people and i i i do not try to butter people up you know i just from the the rip whenever someone steps foot in here even if they're like green is all hell to the studio land like let me make you feel 
like I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I right. I I give feedback often, and I make it as constructive and optimistic optimistic as possible. But I will never just be like sitting there like fire, dude. <laughs> Click amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah, right, Click, right. I, you know, I I just want them to know like I'm here for you. I'm never judging you. Um, this can be better in this way. I think. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Right. And then you know, like someone. Especially like when you come back from like you're you're struggling collectively with something, if like this part's just not hitting, or these lyrics are are wrong, or this melody isn't as exciting as I thought here, um, and then when you flip that on its head and you you figure it out, oh my god! Like the the feeling of the room is it's just like when you see that person make the half court shot <laughs> yeah right as, right uh, as as the buzzer goes and you win the championship game it's that feeling like yeah. oh my gosh we we did it we did it thank you for not giving up on me and also thank you for not just letting that slide right right because that could have just been mediocre and you could have been like it's fine yeah let's move on right but yeah instead you're like no let's hammer let's let's really fix it it's that you choose to struggle like i'm gonna stay in this because the struggle's worth it right that's and that's the fulfillment that is the payoff yeah why why do we want to make something like yeah hey i understand like people we're all human i can't count the days where i'm in my own head or i'm going through some stuff uh i am not like in a quote-unquote position to like have forget someone new who i don't know come in the door and want me to like pour my all into like making their music happen. Yeah. So many days where that's not a thing because I struggle with like an internal um, like balance. Uh, but I also can't count the times where like I by the end of the night like I've broken through a wall internally and like we're making some cool shit and I'm like man like thank goodness I have this in my life. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> thank goodness. And I'm, I'm, and, and that's that point where it's like, Oh, one of the few times when I can like pat myself on the back and be like, I'm proud of you for uh, yeah. muscling through that because this was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, definitely. Man. Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn, man. I really appreciate it. Why don't you tell, uh, like where, where can people find you? Um, well, Lunar studio. We are currently based in Lyme. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we got Instagram, just at Lunar Studio. Um, I'm everywhere. Zachary Tower Coble on all social media. Yeah, right, right on, man. Right we'll, on. We'll post that up in the uh, the link as well and everything, so you can check yeah. it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right on, man. Well, we hope to have you back again sometime, oh, man. Yeah, man. Likewise, you know, your, we'd like to. Uh, your positivity you know. was uh, was amazing, man. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's like, you know, man, you have to. Uh, we have to invest in each other in that way. You know what I mean? Like, like we're trying to do a music podcast. You're a producer. You're working with musicians. We're also musicians. We all just love music. So like, you know, man, it's just the coming together and sharing our love of music together. And like, just trying to build like a good musical community with each other, man. And like, you know, give each other uh, platforms to talk about our craft and the, you know, and the stuff that we love, man. Cause that's, that's cause it's all love, man. That's what it is. Right. It's all Commu- love. Community and love is everything. Yeah, man. It's... And the arts too, you know? Yeah. And if you're in a band or you're a rapper, you got a musical project, you should come down here, check it out. Cause the facility is amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Uh, you will really enjoy it. It's, it's a great beautiful. place for artists. Yeah, man. So thank you again, Zach. Thank you. Look him up online. You can find us, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff too. We will see you next time, guys. We love you. Thanks. See you. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a bunch more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage.